will immediately be able to sense is that Kaylee should not have her hand on this book because it bears the residue of bleed. And you can see the bleed kind of staining her hand like it is ink, even though she is only touching the the outside of the book. And that ink, you can actually see kind of... So if you were to like kind of pour some ink on somebody, it would kind of trace a path like a river down their 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 limb following gravity. This is that in reverse, but it's happening very slowly going up her hand. And not just that, the the kind of the aura of the book itself is making the air in this room kind of metaphysically damp in a way that because you've opened yourself up, you are going to be the first person out uh, beyond Kaylee to receive this information. So I'll tell you one thing more, and then I'm going to ask you to take a mark, which is kind of like harm. Something that you can tell just from the from the quality and the color of this aura is that it is connected in some way to dreaming and what people it kind of in occultism circles talk about the dreaming world. But that proximity alone to the bleed is going to mean that you're going to have to take one mark to bleed on Flora. But here's the upside. Uh, Valerie, tell us what Let Them In does. All right, so Let Them In is uh, a weird skill. Uh, whenever you take one or more bleed marks, you also gain additional information about the phenomenon that harmed you. Ask the DM a question about the source of the bleed. So I am marking one bleed on my sheet here. And so let's see, what question do I want to ask you about the source of the bleed? Of the bleed? Hey, I have an interesting question that it may be too much, so you tell me. Is is the source within the book itself, or is the book a conduit for something else that is existing elsewhere? That's a very good question, and so I will give you the answer. What you can tell from the the kind of the bleed signature of this book is that within it is some some incantation or some ritual that creates effectively a spiritual beacon that draws a creature to come and collect. Oh, all right then. And so, so the with... thing that I do now with this information is I gently remove Katie's hand from the book and I say, I think you should not touch that. And do we have, uh, does Candela Obscura have policy, policies and procedures for containment of contaminated items such as this? So you do in fact have Every member of Candela Obscura has access to specific tools that the organization provides. The most appropriate one here would be a bleed containment vial. Now, what exactly that looks like and how big of a vial it is, this can be determined in the moment. But what I'll say for everyone's knowledge is that during an assignment, you can have up to three items of gear but you don't have to pick what they are until you use each one of them, right? So Flora, in this moment, you could say, well, I draw up my bleed containment vial and you check the box there and you would still have two more choices of gear that you could make over the course of the assignment. So what does your bleed containment vial or bleed containment device look like? I think that for her, because I'm trying to think of like 
it shouldn't be something that literally splashes and <laughs> that seems like kind of an inappropriate thing to use for a book. So I will say that it is a like a lead lined container. Mm-hmm. It is about the size of a book. Uh, it is something that because she is a stenographer, she is used to having to keep kind of writing material in it and that is her cover basically kind of like you know the the kind of like secretarial boxes that that would have you know ink and pens and stuff like that in them um and notebooks uh, but it is actually her her containment vessel and so uh, it is lead lined because that is a magically inert and helps contain things and so she gingerly <laughs> retrieves the book and quickly slips it inside uh, she is wearing gloves by the way because uh, while they are not impermeable they are at least a barrier yeah and i think the the part of that bleed mark that you're taking might be that you reached out to kaylee and that you're briefly handling the book and we can abstract that a little bit but now you do have that book at least temporarily contained and kaylee has gone a bit pale as kind of looking at her hand in a way that she hadn't been before because her attention had been on all of you she is kind of fascinated and you might think horrified by um, what appear to be like a new set of veins in black that are are tracing up her arm what the this never (sighs) go wash it with salt water as soon as you can it won't fix it but it will keep it from spreading what are you going to do with this we're going to take care of it. Yeah, so uh, salt water, you said. Um, Guthrie should be, it should probably be up up there by now. He, he's he's a regular, um, you know, uh, 50s-ish, a bit too skinny, um, light brown skin, wavy hair. Um, you can ask Vic uh, if 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 you don't see him right off. Um, I'll, I'll be back up. Uh, don't take that out of the building until we've talked again. Uh, when you're way up, I found these two others. Um, would you mind if I if I took the, there's this one, um, <laughs> and there's also this one, and and I can I just take this with me? Uh, these don't have to be contained. It's fine. It's uh, both I'll, of these. I'll, I'll put that on Candela's tab. You're you're welcome to take those. And it's right. like not even looking at you, and goes up the stairs um, ahead of you, kind of pulling pulling her like she's unrolled the sleeve and has pulled it up to to hide what. Um, is showing on her arm, leaving you alone in the library. Well, I suppose that corruption's contained, except we don't know anyone else that may have been affected by it who's still corrupting others. It's not a good sign. There's something in the book. It's an incantation, some sort of summoning ritual. We have to figure out what it's attracting and how, but uh, perhaps Ollie can pull that information out of Guthrie upstairs. Guthrie's a good fellow, you know. Should never have been let go. The dean is a buffoon. Doesn't surprise me he didn't understand it. But Guthrie probably was right. He was right even before I knew more about all this business than I do now. But still, he's stubborn. A few of us can be on occasion. Not me. Of course, flexibility is my middle name. But for someone like Guthrie, he might be sort of, um... Determined to hold on to his beliefs, if you understand. Well, I hope he took more precautions than the other three. If I know Guthrie, he probably did. He's already lost the most important thing anyone can, a tenure-track position. After that, he'd be more careful about where he walks. 
just to be sure, what are ex-Professor Dance's beliefs? I attended a lecture of his at the college. He said that the surge of odd things that are being experienced by people in Old Fair are not normally explainable. It has nothing to do with this shell shock nonsense. It has to do with creatures from the beyond. In other words, he's right. But you can't tell any of those people that. They're scared of their own shadows. So they went back to their comfortable offices, and from their desks they very bravely wrote him a message in which they told him that his research productivity had not been adequate to the task, and they let him go. If only we had such a thing as a union. Right. So from there, shall we wipe back up to the bar itself? Yeah. So the bar has gotten a bit more crowded. Kaylee is still in the back. It's uh, it would seem Vic is a little bit overwhelmed by patrons, but you can see uh, someone who certainly looks a lot like Guthrie at the bar, kind of looking looking drowsy, staring at a a ceramic mug of slightly steaming, probably closer to lukewarm coffee, and kind of does this and seems to be already wired or maybe scared no it's freddy krueger isn't it wait that's not in character no no it's out of character i I immediately sit down beside i I think uh my character who is i I should say is dressed in very practical pants and a long sleeve shirt very not really conspicuous would would pull up a chair and kind of sit not right up to the table, but alongside the table. She's just watching their watching their their back. Was I watch their six or something? <laughs> yeah, and so Ollie, you're sitting down next to to Guthrie. I am. I'm sorry, neighbor. I'm not really um, in the mood for for conversation. I understand that concern. Uh, by the way, uh, Ollie Fry, I write for the Register. I'm. Gonna start talking, as is my want, and I'm gonna hope that I settle on a thing that will make you feel more comfortable about talking. Among those things, I've heard some peculiar goings-on across the eaves and beyond that you may know some things about. I've heard that you are quite a well-read scholar, someone with the fortitude to sense some of the stranger things about the world among us. And I get the impression. I'll pause you there. Guthrie is kind of shut down enough that it's going to take a sway roll to get him to like be any kind of participant in this conversation. Oh yeah, definitely. This was this was all just the most annoying sway roll ever. Can I? I'd like to assist with this actually because I have a specialty called verbose, which means that when you make a speech or you hold a conversation to assist an ally, the die you give them is gilded, and so. It seems to me that this is a perfect situation to sort of talk Guthrie up a little bit and also give an assistance to... So I w- I'm not going to RP the whole thing. I would just say, um, Guthrie, as I sort of sit down on one of the other chairs, 
It's all right, old man. You got nothing to worry about. This is someone you can trust. He's a journalist. He speaks the truth. And you spoke the truth as well. I remember your lecture very well. That it was both in our world and not of our world was really extraordinary. The way that you were able to trace through the metaphysical and contextual context of this anti-disestablishment and colitics is about, you're right, and that sort of thing. And then it becomes very much like the gibberish on the sign outside, but in oral uh-huh. form, right? Okay. But it's right down on Guthrie language just to be clear as i'm giving this assist so Mm -hmm. uh greg uh for douglas go ahead and uh, spend one of your cunning okay because sway is a cunning action but instead of a plus one d normal that will be a plus one d for ollie that is gilded so i have a question the under the specialty the verbose doesn't say use a dot does that does that mean you always use one um, like when so you're using a special assist, as I understand, assist is a keyword. Oh, I and see. When you assist, That's you, fine. Spend I'll still a, do it. you spend a drive okay. to give someone a bonus. Okay, so I'll be down to one out of two drive then on, under yep. cutting, you say? And then for Ollie, looks like you have two in sway. So you would get <clears throat> plus one. The way we're going to do gilded dice is that the first die is always your gilded die. <clears throat> um, when, when you have the roll and it goes, you know, die, die, die. So my journalist special, my journalist specialty, uh, special ability is open book. Yes. Uh, you can get people to open up with you very quickly. When you attempt to connect with others by sharing something deeply personal, add a number of dice equal to your current cunning resistance to a sway roll, and a success they will reciprocate. Yep. And how much? How many uh, cunning resistances do you have right now? Two. Okay. So what is, what's the something personal that you share? I cut you off a little so, bit, but here I think we'll expand this conversation. Yeah. So I started rambling and then Doug started rambling and then I cut Doug off and I reach into my, the pocket of my trousers and I pull out a drawing that a friend of, if a friend of mine had made of the two of us when we were very, very young. Very ornate, beautiful pencil drawing. Almost the quality of a daguerreotype is how good this this guy's drawing was. I just rest it down on the table right in front of Guthrie. And I go, I've seen what the dark can do. It's taken someone very close from me. And I know what it's like to see what you've seen and not know what not know how to explain it to anyone, not know how to justify it. Um, okay, great. So you've got two from Sway, one mm-hmm. gilded from uh, the professor, and then you're going to get plus two. So that I, it looks like is going to be a five die five roll. Five to six. Yeah. Fantastic. Get in use... this convo. Do not it's just such a good convo. ability too. Open book is golden. Yeah, I really like the abilities here. Okay. So <laughs> it's a good thing we had the two, one, one, two, and five. Woo. But your gilded die was the two. The gilded die is the two. But well, I don't need you, it right now. So yeah. I'll I'll take I'll take the five. Okay. So on a five and on a success, they will reciprocate. So I'll elide this like there's more conversation than just what I'm giving you. And so if you have questions about any of the other details, we can kind of pull back to that. But Guthrie reveals that he 
he looked into the book because kind of a fellow scholar fallen on hard times by the name of Yvette had confided in him, you know, four, like four or five days ago that she'd, um, she'd borrowed this book from Kaylee and had uncannily vivid and terrifying dreams to the point that when she woke up, the kind of clawed scratch that kind of across her her face that happened just before she woke up had shredded her nightgown and her blankets and Yvette was then found dead the next night after she confided in this to Guthrie and that that is why he went to Kaylee asked about the book and investigated him in himself he very quickly found that it was beyond his kind of the depth of his knowledge and suspected that there was more going on, but didn't have anyone he thought he could go to that would believe um, what has been happening. And so he's very kind of relieved to have your assistance here. But even as he's doing this, you can tell that he is some level of sleep deprived. And the consequence I'm going to manifest here is that you know, this is kind of a, an England equivalent, and so a lot of the beer is served room temperature. The coffee was slightly steaming. And what the more perceptive of you would notice is that a draft comes in, even though there are no windows open. Nearby mugs go frosty, and the steam vanishes from Guthrie's coffee mug. And I would say, Flora, you at least are getting, like, Incoming danger, bad vibes for anyone else, for Jody, perhaps. Maybe that takes another manifestation, you know, um, hairs on the back of your neck as a kind of a skilled kind of uh, physical operator and adventurer. Uh, you can might you have... like, uh, sorry, can she feel this, this breeze? It doesn't seem to come from anywhere. Absolutely. It You'd is probably like... note that's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> And so you experience that kind of as Guthrie is reading you all in on what has happened while the kind of wall of noise around you kind of gives you a little bit of privacy, um, strangely, because it's all too loud for anybody to be able to pick out. Well, I think at this point, I stand up and um, kind of look around, mainly looking for an open window, anything that would explain why this this physical because like this physical sensation as, as an explorer i know that everything has a cause and if i can't find any natural cause for this then that's a bit concerning <laughs> yeah and so you you look around trying to find the source of this this wind you do notice that a side door um, is now swinging closed but you couldn't immediately pick out who like who came or went as a result. But then I'm going to invite you to make a role. This is probably going to be a survey if you're looking for more information about that, which I would invite you to do so. Good. Survey dice two. That's a 2d6. 2d6, yep. D6. All right, let's go see if we get it. Well, forgot (laughs) roll. Yeah, so you should be able to do. Great. Okay. So on a five, you will see a uh, a fairly short 
person with pale light skin, kind of shaved head, or you can see kind of the edges of shaved hair under like a newsboy cap. And like the most distinct thing about uh, about this person is like wingtip eyeliner. But the way things are arranged, when you when you kind of stepped a little bit to to try to look around, you've ended up on the opposite side of the bar from where this person is coming in. And you notice as uh, this person kind of quite deftly for how large it, large it is, pulls the bleed containment kind of box out of Flora's coat or bag or whatever it is, and then bolts off. Like as soon as it's in their hand, this person is off like a shot. But you've seen them in time that you can give chase. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm going to do that. Um, well, hey! uh, probably shouting. That's not yours. Where are you going? <laughs> All right. So yeah, that is, uh, that's Jody out the door like a shot. The, the other, the three, three of you, uh, notice that you immediately re- can realize Flora that, that that kind of bundle is no longer with you, but you did not notice with any of your senses that this was coming either because your attention was elsewhere or maybe this person is just that good. Let's say I was really focused on Guthrie because I was trying to get a read on him. So yeah. Sure. So this is going to move pretty quickly. So I think we're going to go outside um, immediately to Jody, and then the the three others in the circle will be able to follow shortly after. So Jody, you realize very quickly coming out the door and following this person that they know this neighborhood extremely well. And that they are small enough that it's going to be easy for them to go through places that you cannot follow. So I'm curious, how is it that you want to pursue them here? That's a problem. And and her main thing is that she needs to catch them quickly or they're definitely going to give her the slip. Because, you know, if you don't know the terrain, there's only so much you can do. Uh, so her her main goal right now is just to sprint with as much speed that she can hopefully catch up with them before they're too far gone. Okay, no, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> so this is definitely going to be a move roll. You have two in move okay. and it is gil- gilded. Okay. And you have six drive in nerve. So if you wanted to spend a couple of that in that to get bonus dice, you absolutely can. The maximum die pool in Candela Obscura is six dice. So you can't get to having more than six dice for a roll, but you can spend as many drive on a roll as you would want to with that Mm -hmm. cap in mind. And um, so with the gilded dice, just to reiterate, that gives you back a drive if it's successful? So... The gilded die is always going to be the first one okay. um, in the set that we look at. If you use that die as your result, mm-hmm. you can get one back in the drive that corresponds to the the action. So in this case, nerve. But if that gilded die is not the highest, mm-hmm. you're doing a little bit of a sacrifice to get that drive back. Right, right. So you might say, oh, well, I'll take the four because it's gilded and I'll get a drive back even though I have a six over there. Right. In that case, since I got two dice, I, I think I'm going to spend two drive. Why not? Okay. Yep. Uh, so 46. Help us catch this this sneaky individual. Look, they've <laughs> stolen a book. All right. Yeah. You, we, we want the. You don't steal books. That's there's no greater okay. sin. No. In speculating. Oh, first okay. one's a six. That's wow. That's so, the gilded one. Dang. When you get more than one six, that's a critical. 
Oh God! And you just teleport to their side, <laughs> right? Because that's two sixes. In my mind, when you get a critical, you're using both of those dice, so you're immediately going to get one of those nerve back. So okay. you spent two, and you're going to get one back. This person is very fast, but it's not 15 seconds before you've caught up to them. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like. What and what is the like the quick escape route that you managed to head them off before they were able to utilize? Um, so I'm going to say that probably, yeah, how crowded is it outside of this bar? Like, are there people milling around? There are people milling around. It is, uh, you know, you're a good 40 something feet up off the ground here. Yeah. And it's not as dangerous to move around as it is a couple of levels up. Right. Um, right. But, you know, you're going over, you know, you're using girders that have like mm -hmm. sheet metal bolted to them to turn into a walkway. It's all very ramshackle. I'm going to say that in order to kind of cut some time off by not running through the people, she immediately jumps up on one of these girders and like pulls herself up and just like sprints down it and then oh, wow. leaps up onto the, the pursuer, like not with the goal of like uh, hurting this person, but more with landing on top of them and kind of like rolling to stop them. And so because you got a crit, not only do you kind of hurl yourself on top of this person and isolate them where they're no longer moving, you do so and you have one hand directly on the box containing the book itself. So you've not only stopped and caught this person, but you have direct immediate control over the box as well. For the time being, Jody is going to prioritize keeping that box in her possession because also she doesn't know if this person can stab her or something. Uh, so it's probably more dangerous to grapple with them. So she, once they collide and she has her hand on the box, she's actually going to shift so that she's got both of her hands on the box and is like mm -hmm. holding it close. Um, and she does, she does say like, why would you do that? Let me be, it's just a job. I got to make a living. I live in this shithole. What's your business? My business is this book. This is a real life example, by the way. Imagine the dog is Jody. So like this is what's <laughs> happening right now. My, my business is... <laughs> is this book. You really ought to let me have this because if I don't come back with it, some really nasty people are going to come after you. And I hear that that doesn't go really well for them and it's not going to go well for me. So we're all going to be losers. Oh, that's all right. I'll take my chances. And I think by now, the the others, you may not have like fully caught up, but you can see that Jody has already kind of run this person down. Is that Jody up there? Best, did you see? Is that Jody? Nice. Well done. And you catch up and this person introduces themselves as Joe, just J-O, and says, okay, here's the deal. If I don't come back with that, it's going to be a big problem for me. If it's important for you, then maybe you can make that problem go away for me. And it seems like maybe, maybe you want to do that anyway. No. <laughs> Excuse you? <laughs> to be perfectly sure, 15 seconds ago, you were content with choosing which one of us should suffer, and you chose us. Why should we capitulate to your desire to not suffer? We're already because... suffering. 
and you know this is all said like with like a knee on their chest or something right (laughs) right. because they're being they're being held down and they're so they're trying to like muster some grit and dignity while being like thoroughly subdued and it's kind of like lean a little bit of the way up like they're doing a crunch and trying to look at ollie because if madeleine rost gets her hands on you you know what a body looks like when it gets burned for kindling you're gonna wish you looked like that cool you first no as soon as i get out from under this uh the superhero over here i'm i'm gonna disappear and none of y'all are gonna see me ever again you seem to be very confident in that we can trust you in that you know if you're absolutely sure you seem to be confident that the person you were working for is a menace that should not be trusted and yet similarly confident that you can get away unscathed from performing a crime in her service we however have work to do you want to get away with this you can do one of two things for us you can tell us why this madeline rost needed this book so badly or you can come join us on an adventure where we meet things with claws it'll be exciting i will take door number one please thank you grant but first i would say probably for at least jody that name madeleine rost rings a bell how many years ago was it that you were on an expedition with madeleine to a frost covered site and half of your party got killed because of her negligence. Mm-hmm. Was that five years ago or six? Oh, five <laughs> years ago. Never a good um, time. How did you and Madeleine leave terms at the end of that expedition? Um, if it was her negligence that directly caused the deaths of her party, I would say it was not good terms. I would not leave her to die in the in the mountain, but... I was very frosty towards her on the way down and uh, will no longer work with Madeline or her associates. And so you know that Madeline is kind of a, her reputation is like lady adventurer, right? She's a, she's an heiress. She married early and her spouse died of what some people say are mysterious circumstances, but honestly was probably just heart failure and then has just applied a bunch of money and her interest into various oddities around Hale and beyond. I think at that point I'd be like, oh yeah, Madeline. I think you might be right about her. (laughs) Not someone you want to get involved with, but it seems like we don't have much of a choice now, do we? You've got more of a choice than I do. This is only the, the fourth job I've done for her. She tells me to go and get things. She pays really well. I can afford medicine for the kids that I'm taking care of and for myself. Whether Joe is lying about that part, a little bit iffy, but, you know, they, they, they spin a good yarn. But we'll then continue and say, here's the deal. If you forget that I was ever a part of any of this, I'll tell you where you need to go to follow the path to get down to the scary place where she is trying to get into some weird old building and you can deal with it and I can stop stealing from people or stop stealing from interesting people. I will steal from very boring people. 
Or you can stop stealing from people. Let's stop stealing. Yeah, but then how am I eating? Stop stealing from people. The people on the I have I have ten fast fingers and a fast mouth, and that's about it. A fast mouth. You can keep you can keep one of those (laughs) eleven. I calculate the math. That means you lose all your fingers, um, you realize, unless you choose. So you're in big trouble. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this person is going to give you pretty detailed d- directions. The downside is that they're basically telling you about a a hidden passageway that is going to lead down deeper into old Farron ruins. Is there in Candela some context for... You know the equivalent of an insight check. Do we do we feel oh, do we feel like it's trustworthy or yeah yeah yeah? Because otherwise, um, I was going to say actually, why don't you bring us to this place and then you can leave after you yes. brought us to the ambush site of your gang or whatever you're bringing us to. So the action read is going to be the one to spot lies, gather motive, and interpret body language. Can I? I am gonna. I am okay. definitely doing a read. <laughs> can and, I in doing that? Because you have to 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 do a read. Oh, I guess a drive just increases the D. So you would just you just you could just do it without having to spend anything to do it on that one. So if you have zero in an action, you roll two dice and take the lower. Okay. But professor, if you wanted to assist in someone's read, you would just spend a drive from cunning. If several of you are all going in on a read, then multiple people can assist one character in this game instead of. Basically, you do it your own one assist okay. or a group action. So, who's the best? Who has a good read? I guess is the question. I already have two dots in read. I also have two dots in read, so I'm I'm happy to help because uh, I haven't spent any um, okay. drive yet. So yeah. So what is Flora attending to and helping kind of get a read on this thief? She is uh, going to try to use her her altered sense just to kind of get a uh, read on the aura while. Mm-hmm. Ollie presumably is listening to whatever this person is saying, reading micro-expressions, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, you can spend one from cunning to give plus one D over to Ollie. Ollie, did you want to spend any cutting for your own bonuses? I am. I'm spending one. Okay. So that means you're going to make a read roll at 4D6. All right. There's a six. Um, So... Joe has been pretty straightforward and honest with you, except the thing about like medicine for people that they're that they're looking after, and you doubt that they will give up thieving. Question: Do we yes. have like a safe house that Joe can be ensconced in along with Guthrie for the nonce? Absolutely. So every <laughs> every chapter of Candela ha- um, operates out of chapter houses. So there are chapter houses throughout the city. And any given chapter house might support one to three chapters. And then the chapters in the city are kind of organized under a hierarchy of, of light keepers. Light keepers are kind of the fixers, mastermind types who are all retired from f- field work due to basically accumulating scars and being worn down enough that they're at greater risk for actual death when they're out in the field. So you could definitely take Joe to a chapter house and have somebody there kind of keep an eye on them slash keep them from getting away and or kind of keep an eye on Guthrie if y'all would like to do that. I'll let Ollie finish with them first and then we'll... Okay. Yeah. And so Ollie, you've gotten that read of Joe and kind of where they are and aren't bullshitting you. 
I hear all of this and for a very long beat, like a, like an upsettingly, disturbingly, emotionally disturbingly long beat, I just stare at Joe blankly. You trying to, what, like bore a hole through my head with your eyeballs? What? What are we doing here? I'm trying to figure out which of the fingers that I'm starting with. Hey, 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 I've been really straightforward with, with you and you've got the book and I told you a bunch of stuff about how you can go do something incredibly dangerous since it seems like you're really excited to be in other people's business for some reason. Grand. You're going to come with us for a bit. You want it to be safe, right? We have a place where you can be safe. You want to not lose any of your fingers? There's a condition under which you don't lose any fingers. Come with us. I'm just going to gesture to Jody to, like, bear hug Joe and uh, bring Joe with us to the chapter house. And so we'll kind of cut away from the scene as Joe kind of mutters under their breath, is still better than the fucking periphery. Like, being led off and told that they're going to be detained. We could possibly use someone with slight uh, moral ambiguities. <laughs> flexibility. Can, flexibility, flexible morals and light fingers is something that potentially can yeah. develop scary. Are you, do you have any second story skills, my friend? <laughs> Sister, we're on the second story. What do you think I got? Um, and we'll, we'll cut away from that scene there because we're close to break. Rather than taking a break here, I'm going to use the uh, the great tradition of serial pulp storytelling, and we're going to uh, cut from there to about an hour in to making your way down into the ruins of Old Fair. Is there a dotted line that that goes that that would like an arrow yeah, that so follows we, us as we go? Uh, a page the... turns and we oh, see no. a map. It's like in Dragon Age with like the blood, like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the it's the ink. Of it's Gaze. the Indiana Jones thing I was thinking of that uh-huh. just you know. And so <laughs> we see the kind of the the surface layer map of Old Fair, and we kind of zoom in on South Soffit, and then um, as if a transparency is peeled back, we we see a layer beneath where there's kind of multi-layer ruins of Old Fair that all have kind of affectations of Greek and Roman architecture, and we see that that kind of river of of ink flow down and around in kind of a 3D model. And then we push in and the kind of sepia kind of gains color and more color and more color. And we see the four of you looking down where there's kind of basically, um, you're going to have to climb down a sheer bit of cliff. But what you see below you is a hedge maze. But in the hedge maze is a fairly burly person stomping and kind of wandering about as if they are confused but they don't have a person's head. Instead, they appear to have like a big wrought iron helm for like a prisoner with great bull horns and kind of what seems to be a hot, steamy breath kind of flows through an ox's nose. And as you look close, you don't see where their skin ends and this iron bull's helm begins and their head starts to turn up toward you but we will go to commercial before we can establish whether they have seen you 